and I pull it back. Oh no! And it's a full dead wing of a bird. <gasps> oh god! Oh off my fucking wing of a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> it's hello. that time of the year again. <laughs> time for a new episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best. And you know, we're getting close, guys. We're getting to the time when fingers crossed. We are really the years the will turn back to <laughs> weeks. The days will no longer be years. And the hours will no longer feel like decades. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not we are, complacent. We are no. not, We are so close. Uh, no, I voted. We hope. Yeah, me too. Yes. Uh, joining me, of course, Casey St. Ange, Shantira Jackson. Hello. I voted. I'm in New York. I voted. I... Uh, it felt very cathartic. I thought me, I was trying to kind of like muster some emotion. Have you ever done that? Like, you know, I'm so super emotional all the time anyway, yeah. but mm -hmm. I, when I was voting, I was like, can I cry? Is there a way I should like, am I going to cry? Should I like really think about this moment? And I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have it in me. It didn't feel it like, cause it also, cause it just didn't feel like maybe if I was going to the polls or something, yeah. it would feel yeah. different. Like I remember when I took birdie, to vote for Obama. And she was a baby. She had yeah. just been born. She was three months old about. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember where the fuck Mark was, but that was, <laughs> that, was, that was par for the course at that time in my life. And I put her in her stroller and went down the huge hill. Like we lived at the top of this big hill Mm -hmm. And I strolled her down the hill over to the senior center where the voting was set up. <laughs> and I went in with her and I like really was excited to bring her with me to vote for Obama. It felt so monumental and so special. And see, now I'm going to cry talking about <laughs> Obama and voting for him <clears throat> for the first time. And I, you know, you're not supposed to take pictures inside of yeah, yeah, the booth, booth. yeah, in the booth. But I asked one of the poll workers if she would take Birdie in my picture after I voted, so that I would have it for Birdie for when she got older. Because I just That's felt so like cute. it was such Aww. an incredibly historic and beautiful moment, you know. And so we took that picture. I have it. I'll try to find it. It's somewhere. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the Are beauty of now is that everything through my photos, Ray. <laughs> Everything's in the phone now, which is very helpful. Like not these for kids, me though. No. I mean, yeah. like, I'm saying now. Now right, everything right. like yeah. if you could be like I you just type in a date or a month or a city in your iPhone or something and you could see it. So these kids don't even know how good they got. It. <laughs> I got super emotional voting in 2016 for Hillary and like did the whole nine, like the whole thing that makes everybody roll their eyes. Like I was like, oh, I'm wearing a pantsuit. Also, yeah. you know, grab him by the pussy happen. I'm going to wear a leopard coat over it. <laughs> and this is like my whole statement. And, you know, it's all buttoned up over, you know, whatever, like 
my Hillary underoos and, <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously took a picture of myself and just felt so like this is happening. And that was so meaningful to me to like be voting for like the first potential woman president. So I just think that I was very like affectless doing this. I was like, let me just be transactional about this and not <laughs> invest too much emotionally in it because I can't, you know, I well, can't have a repeat. It's actually true. We voted for Hillary. We took the girls market. We went to an early voting place mm-hmm. and we took the girls and we also have a picture of that. And I, I also was like emotional and really excited and like brought them in with me and like showed them her name and, you know, I mean, all of it. Right. But, uh, yeah, this was not, this did not, I mean, I'm like super excited to vote for Kamala and Joe Biden, but I, it did feel more just like, Let's do and this. let's get this going. Yeah, like, everybody. I, like, I, let's I'm just do like, it. Yeah, I'm superstitious. Count? I don't want to jinx anything. No, I know. Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, let me just put my, you know, like put my ballot in the in the drop box without was, much the, fanfare. Yeah, the drop. But box I was that was not made by weird Republicans in California. Yes. <laughs> we have like fake Republican drop boxes here in California. So I was like, let's just drop it. My husband and I went to drop it, um, but we were behind. Like we were immediately behind, like some type of influencer slash TikToker who oh did gosh. like several takes of putting her ballot in the <laughs> in the drop box. Can and I we say were like, something. Can I say something <laughs> as as a as someone who is a lot of things. But one <laughs> thing that people do know me as is like sort of, you know, like an influencer. Yeah. yeah. I would say I, with, with a lot of confidence that I have very, very rarely retaken or like <laughs> restaged a thing. Like, like, I don't think it's a thing that I, like if I miss a moment, I'm like, ah, what a bummer. Yeah, yeah, you move on. That is true. I can I can attest to that. You're always right? like, well, it's also it, it hard happened to make. You can't re like. Sometimes it's just like it's a vibe, and then like if you miss it, like that's it. It's over. that's it. You missed <laughs> yeah. the vibe. Yeah, and it. I. Oh my god! Like yesterday, you guys. Holy shit! I have to tell you what happened. So you know we're in the new place. I'm trying to get it to look cute. I thought of a good fix for this weird, ugly thing behind me. Um, the the gray Christian gray closet doors. Yeah. Um, I ordered this stuff removable, like stick on wallpaper. Yeah. Try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We're going to brighten it up. But anyway, I had gotten some cute throws from anthropology (laughs) that I was using over the white sofa downstairs. You know, everything's Mm -hmm. like white, black or gray. Yeah. But we're adding the color. It's coming in. Yeah. So anyway, Gina and I wake up early, the pup, mm-hmm. and I always like take her out and I make my put let her out into the little like backyard area. Um, and I make my coffee and then she trots around and goes to the bathroom and comes back and we talk a little bit and then I give her her breakfast and her water. And then like eventually when Mark gets up, he'll take her either to walk to go get his coffee or he'll take her to doggy daycare or something. She had her weekly groom yesterday. Anyway, we picked her up, took her home at like close to five, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were home around five. So then everybody is like downstairs. We're all playing dog running around. And then Birdie went over, was trying to like get, 
You know, like sometimes kids get, well, my kid gets where they just like want the dogs. They want the animals to like love them. Love, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like. Same. Like, <laughs> Same. So Same. I was like trying to get Gina to like, like come. And also she had just been groomed. So she was like peak fuzzy cute, like yeah. super fluffy. She's like trying to get her to like snuggle. And Gina's sort of just like keeps wanting to go to the couch to the throw blanket. And. <laughs> God. Jesus. So we were like, I was like, Bertie, just go sit on the couch because she obviously wants to be there. So Bertie went and like snuggled up. Gina like jumped up and Bertie was like pulling the throw. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh my God. Oh my God. There's something really gross. There's something really terrible in the throw. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And we could see Gina was like nosing in. I was like, what the I'm like, Mark, I was like, I was like, Bernie, what is it? And she's like, no, 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 it's really bad. It's really bad. It's like something really bad. I was like, how bad could it be? Gina's been taking these like pea pod things in from outside that do kind of look weird at first glance, but they're just like little plant things, you know? So I was like, Mark, just go look. So Mark is there and Bernie was like freaking out. And he was a, come on. He was like kind of afraid to pull. <laughs> it back. And I was like, guys, I'm sure it's fine. Oh, and I God. pull it back. Oh, no. And it's a full dead wing of a bird. Oh, God. Ripped oh, my off fucking wing of a bird. <laughs> oh, my God. That has clearly been buried underneath the throw oh, at least God. since like 830 in the morning. Do you know what I mean? a murderer. I and that's why she, she wanted. No, no, no. I think guys. she wanted to go back to what she found. Okay, no, she's not a murderer. Murderer. <laughs> she is not a murderer. She is a. She is a slightly. I don't want to call her stupid. Like she's a. She's like a puppy. She's just a puppy. Yeah. She's just new to the yeah. world, and she, she found something she liked. She found. I think it was a cat. I've seen some neighborhood cats. Yeah, that's a cat I, move right God. there. That's a cat. Cats are the ones that rip birds apart. Not, yeah, and, that's a cat move. <laughs> and like big dogs, like right, yeah. like retrievers, yeah. maybe. Gina, Gina found a tree. Not, she no. found a tree. She didn't yes. destroy oh a God. bird. It I've was, met Gina. Yeah. There's <laughs> no way that she I mean, she's afraid of birds oh at God. the park. Like afraid of <laughs> pigeons when we're walking. So she found this full wing of a bird. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> she thought it was a bone. A yeah. I was making my bulletproof coffee, therefore not looking. She trotted in with it, buried it in our sofa <laughs> behind the new anthropology oh throw. And then Mark came and took her for her bath and she was like, okay, I'll be back later, bone. Also like go trying to find it, going for it. And then Birdie like sat right on it. <laughs> <laughs> was like, Oh my god! Did I ever tell you? Disgusting! (laughs) Did I ever tell you about um, the dog and bunny story? Oh no! No. (laughs) Okay, so when I'll try to tell it really fast. When I was a kid, my cousins were tenants on a farm. I lived on a farm too. My cousins were tenants and like rented the bottom of this farmhouse. And then the farmer and his wife lived upstairs, and they had all their farm animals, all kinds of things: pigs and horses, cows, and like a hutch full of rabbits. My cousins had this big Saint Bernard dog, Joshua, and the farmer's wife hated that dog, Joshua, and she was always like, Joshua's. Menacing my 
chickens and Joshua is like giving the pigs a hard time. And like, if one more thing happens with Joshua and the animals, that's it. You guys are getting evicted. And like, they were not in a good position to get evicted. So anyway, one day we're like, we went to the park to play. We come back, we see Joshua on the porch and he's like nuzzling something. And we're like, Oh no, what is it? And we go over and Joshua has like a bunny, like on his, he's like sitting there in the, but he has like a dead bunny. And we were like, Oh fuck. We were little kids, you know? So we were like, fuck, like you guys are going to get evicted from this farmhouse because Joshua murdered this rabbit. And so we were like, um, what do we do? What do we do? So we're like, okay, we have a plan. The rabbit is basically unscathed. Like, I don't know if Joshua like smothered it or whatever. So we're like, (laughs) we're just going to take the rabbit and put it back in the rabbit hutch. And just when she finds it, she'll just be like, oh, that's sad. One of my rabbits died of natural causes. (laughs) That's sad. So we like, (laughs) we get the rabbit away from Joshua. We take the poor little passed away rabbit ghost and put it back in the rabbit hutch, close the door behind us. And then we're like, okay, never tell anyone swear. We'll never tell anyone a word about this. I know what you did last summer. Oh my God. So then we go in the house and we're watching like Dukes of Hazard or cartoons or whatever. And then all of a sudden we hear a blood curdling scream. Oh my God. Who the fuck went down and so we run outside and we're like, oh my God, what happened? And the farmer's wife is like, one of my rabbits died and I put it in a box and buried it. And then some sick fuck dug it up and put it back in the hutch. And we were like, that's nuts. See ya. Oh my god. So funny. Oh my god. Did anyone ever come clean? No. Oh my god. Oh, that oh, is. I mean, like, I'm glad that you you guys did what you gotta do. You can't be getting evicted. We oh, had to stick so together. Funny. It was like you know, together. It was like really life or death for them. Like ordinary. I don't condone lying, but yeah, we just. I condone it. lying. <laughs> lie if you need to lie. Just yeah. lie, 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 lie. Nothing's real anyway. I that poor lady probably went to her grave thinking that like <laughs> Satan worshippers were like coming around her farm. That's so funny. I also love dogs with people names. I love Joshua. I love <laughs> Gina. I love when a dog is just like, Brian, get over here. <laughs> Don't touch that, Brian. I love dogs with just like regular ass like people names. It's so funny to me. Oh Joshua is just like a badass dog. Um, Shantira, how are you doing this week? Are you doing your best? What are you doing your best at? Also, I watched your thing on Amber's show and it was so funny and made me laugh it's so, so funny. hard. And oh, then yeah. I was trying, I was like, I'm going to repost this. And then I it's so hard. Got- it's, it's so fucking hard. It's you why can't, it, it took. I like, it's hard to repost anything. That's a video on Instagram. It's so confusing. I am like pretty tech savvy. I had to text Dwayne. I was like, do you know how to do this? And then he told me how to do it. I was like, I'm confused. So yes, thank you. I just thinking about reposting it is enough because it's so hard. To- yeah, I literally <laughs> thought about it and I was like, this is it's I too, can't. It's too I, hard. I don't have I don't have as, as right a person now, whose video it was, if you look and see when I posted it and when Amber posted it, you will see that there are quite a few hours in between. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not right. <laughs> um, I'm doing great. Um, I like, 
I, I made the appointment to go see the breast reduction doctor. So I'm going there. <gasps> oh, next congratulations. Friday. So like I am uh putting into motion the things that I'm saying I want to do. So I'm really excited to go to that doctor and be like, Have you what's do up? you know anyone who's done that? Okay, straight up, one of the our listeners <laughs> was like, I got a breast reduction. Um, I've gotten two. She was like, mm-hmm. I've gotten two, and um, it's the best thing I've ever done. And she was like, I'm in L.A. And I was like, who did you go to? And she was like, actually, I've had quite a few friends who've had them. And she gave me like four doc recommendations. Yeah, then, I also have That's just amazing. FYI, I have a really close friend in L.A. who had it last year. Mm-hmm. pre-pandemic and if you want to talk to her I'll put you guys in touch yes yes it's I'm always gonna... nice to talk to someone who yeah has gone through it you know so yeah. like I I have a um uh con- consultation on uh on Friday so like I'm excited to like I'm uh, that's cool. move forward I'm very excited for you because that's Thank the you. kind of thing that it takes like a little courage you know sometimes it's to just definitely. like get the ball I put, rolling on I put something it like on that my, um I put it on my uh to-do list to like yeah actually do it and it was like 4 55 and their office closed at five and i was like oh, i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then i, the email, and then I felt really good about it <laughs> once you get it done we'll, we'll have to throw you a new bra shower oh my gosh and you <gasps> know what so fun. it will be so much cheaper i'll get 10 bras for the price of formerly the one bra <laughs> <laughs> because i know you hate to spend money on bras i mean the last bra i got it was 160 dollars. yeah i wonder <laughs> if once you get a reduction though if like they do it as such that you don't even have to wear a bra because your boobs are just like tight real and real high. real tight and high i'm gonna see <laughs> i'm gonna talk like to they the don't doctor. move I'll keep you guys posted next week and tell you how the um, consultation goes. I have to go to Beverly Hills, so maybe I'll never come back. (laughs) (laughs) I think Beverly Hills is probably really weird right now. I had to go to Beverly Hills for a doctor's appointment before a split town. And it it, it was just like the stores, the retail stores were all sort of like boarded up. And it was like a little kind of wild. Yeah, in the neighborhood. I don't know what it's like right now. Well, plastic surgery is open. <laughs> <laughs> it's like actually, if you are not afraid to go get it done, I guess it's kind of the perfect time. Yeah, I thought I, that they had. There was like a whole thing about it. Like plastic surgeons had to fight to get reopened. Probably dermatologists. Um, it was something I mean, about Botox. <laughs> but I, I do think. I mean, like, I'm just going to the consultation, so I don't know what the because I know like. In, in Florida where my mom is like all like selective surgeries are like on the back burner. Like if you ain't got to be in the hospital, they're like, please don't come. Right. So <laughs> I'm just going to go to the consultation and see. And then I'll just like tell you guys what they, what they tell me. Tell me <laughs> if boob jobs are done at surgery centers or, or boob at the hospital or at a hospital. Yeah. Cause I think that they can be done. Like when I had guys very similar, my colonoscopy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> last year, you know, you get put kind of like under that. Yeah, you I, do had get a, put under. In, I had an endoscopy. So I had right. to get put under last December because they went through my throat for my acid reflux. Uh, you know, we're all like 85 years old. here. <laughs> acid reflux, well, colonoscopy. We're all just getting it checked out right now. <laughs> they, that was not at a hospital. It was at. 
a surgery like center, like a center in yeah. Beverly Hills. Yeah, it was really weird. Like it was weird. I you go into it looks like an office building, and you yeah. go in, and then they take you and through a door, and then through another door, and you're like, oh my god, I'm in a hospital. Like it's <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, but I think that a lot of plastic surgery they do that for. I don't know. Things that aren't major. I think that that's an aspect too. I think that I, I do think that I will be able to get it done. I don't, I don't think I'll have to go to a hospital because um, th- they do like this particular doctor. They're like nip tuck. Like there's a team and two <laughs> of them work on you at the same time. What? So okay. like, yeah. What if I you like, like one boob better than the other? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? They but copy they like, off you, each other's paper. You go under for less time because there's like two doctors. And I was like, okay, uh, Nick Tuck, Nip Tuck was wild, but I am on board for what you guys are trying to present to me. So <laughs> we'll see what they do on Friday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really exciting. Right. I'm so happy yeah, for so you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, t- I'll let everybody know how, how it's going next week. <laughs> That's V exciting. In my, in my health that I'm trying to take care of, I have yet to find a doctor to laser my toenail here. So now I'm really just stalled Dang. out at my healing my toe fungus. Dang. We can find somebody. I know, I know. somebody well, knows I've asked, somebody. Now I've asked several people to get on it and hopefully somebody will. Um, yeah. Guys, I want to talk about something that I'm not doing my best at, and I just want to like air it out because mm-hmm. I feel like I just have to do it, which is this. You know, I'm going back to work, mm-hmm. which means I will be on camera playing mm-hmm. a character. And we had our like hair, makeup, and wardrobe tests mm-hmm. on Thursday of last week. And I started to remember that part of the reason why I declared I didn't want to be an actor anymore is because I started to feel bad about myself, like about my appearance and like my body and stuff. And it wasn't like anyone's doing. Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, this is really hard to like be put on display in that way. You know what I mean? And I just, I think I'm just more aware now at this point in my life and also I'm older. Yeah. (laughs) And I just was like, oh no, I can't let this be a thing that like becomes a fucking thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause I, you know, my feelings about like Botox and filler and all that stuff. Like I've never done it and I don't want to ever do it. Not for, and I have no judgment about other people that want to do it. But for me, it just feels like, well, first of all, also I'm sure I would have a reaction. Like I would be like, (laughs) I'd be the person who's like body rejected it. And like, and then like, like I remember once years ago, I was doing press for something in this actress. I do not want to reveal her name because I Mm -hmm. don't want to put her on blast like that. But we were talking, I was very young at the time. I was like in my, I mean, very young. I was in my late twenties and uh, she was talking about, about Botox. And she told me a story about how, the doctor put it in and like one of her eyelids like dropped. Drooped. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then she was like, and we couldn't shoot. And they had to use this tape underneath my hair and swoop my bangs and like tape my eyebrow up. So it wasn't like, and that story really impacted me. And I was like, oh, I'm never doing that. I would be the one with the droopy brow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's the kind of thing too, that you have to do that when you're like off and see how it goes, you know? <laughs> 
yeah. I would. It's not I would like, like right <clears throat> before you start shooting. Start. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like if you you test your makeup for your wedding before the wedding. It's like yeah. if I was yes. going to try Botox for the first time, I would do it like, uh, like like Thanksgiving week if I wasn't going home like a week without I have off so I can just like see how it feels how it looks because like if you end up with a droopy eye like I would that's what I would say I but would then like the droopy eye there's no fixing I think you just have to wait you gotta yeah. wait it out yeah but anyway my point is that <clears throat> I was like looking at myself whatever and then I was like oh yeah I can see why women get filler like I started like doing it mm-hmm. I started doing the thing that's like it's a dangerous slippery slope and it's really unnatural to like I don't know just to have that and and okay and I know I still haven't watched the social dilemma okay I promise yeah. I'm going to but for whatever reason for me I think because I don't know. I don't know why it does the the social media thing doesn't impact me in the same way. But I think whatever it is that happens to me when I'm acting and having people like lighting me and like fussing with like, you know, making sure that I look the way they want me to look. Ooh, mm-hmm. that's maybe that's it. I haven't even yeah. talked to my therapist about this yet, guys. This is just <laughs> for you. <laughs> but like Maybe that's what it has to do with is that yeah. like I everybody else is is evaluating me and it's like if the, it's like are they happy? You know what I mean? And I'm such a people pleaser. I want them to be. Yeah. But you don't want to let people down. Yes. With my like face that doesn't have filler under my eyes. So I have like dark circles. So you're going to have to like figure out how to light that or like, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But can I just t- can I say one thing? Can I interrupt you? You're there because of your acting talent. It's not you're not there to be a model. I know, but it's also intrinsically tied in this industry. And it, and it, I mean, it, it was for me just because of like where, when I started and yeah. what I, like the yeah. messages I feel like I got. Yeah. It's in your body. So like, uh, me and oh. my partner have been talking about this. It's like how our brains and our bodies, like we always talk about how they're like the, like connected, but like your body remembers stuff that your brain forgets. Right. Like, so even though you've done all this work in your head, like, 19 year old there's still stuff from in your body from when you were 20 and then like you just got there and in your head you're like why do I feel like this and your body's like girl we are remembering what it was like before so sometimes there's just like a disconnect because of what's going on in your head and your body it's just like when you like have a crush on somebody and your your body's like oh my god that person's so cute and your head's like that's a bad person yeah (laughs) and like like, you're feeling that way because you're like you're being on camera and stuff but i just want you to know like obviously duh it goes without saying that women who aren't on camera feel that way too and so you know and i have had fillers because like uh like you know just because i got to a point where i was like feeling so bad but um i had the not to go too dark but i had a friend who passed away like way too soon she was sick and um in the days like leading up to her death you know she was just always like encouraging people and like really answering very hard questions about how to talk about mortality all that you mm-hmm. know all that shit that we're all like trying to run away from or whatever so I do say to myself like whenever I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like oh look at under my eyes I'm like oh Lisa Adams would fucking kill to have <laughs> old looking eyes yeah you know? yes I do know I do know that and I know so many people would kill to like be on fucking TV or have, you yeah. know, have a job, whatever. Yeah. But it but messes just, with you. It messes with your head. And I do think a little bit for me, just 
that thing because I because I know I haven't seen the the documentary. I really am going to watch it. The, <laughs> the social dilemma when I have five <laughs> no five pressure <laughs> of time, guys. No, I really want to watch it, but like I don't necessarily feel like it fucks with me the way that being on camera as an actor has fucked with me. Yeah. The Body Keeps the Score, Shantira, is a book that's about, um, I just had to Google it because a friend of mine is reading it and I want to get it. It's about uh, how your your body remembers trauma and how you, it yeah. has trauma. Yeah, yeah. It, it remembers everything. And I think that we have to give our bodies more credit. And we also have to give our minds credit for like protecting us in that way. Like, yeah, I, we were just me and my friends were just talking. And I was like, in my head, I think I remember like eight days of school, like <laughs> something really good happened. And then like something really bad happened. Like I remember like when I like became first chair of the flute. But then I also remember when I broke my basketball goggles. And those are like the only two things I remember in high school, you know. So like, but my body, like you remember like if you're in a mall and you just like see a group of teenage girls, there's nothing more powerful, you know? And then your yeah. body's like, mm-hmm. you remember that even when you're like 40, even when you're 30, you remember in your body what it felt like to like walk by a Claire's and be like, keep it together. So which <laughs> <laughs> is like in your head, you're like, why am I doing that? In your body, yeah. you're like, because this is what we do. So, I mean, I think we should just give ourselves a break. <laughs> I think we should too. But also like, it's so funny on our show on busy tonight. I never felt that way. And I think but that it was, was because I was, you got to myself. curate that, but you yes, also yes, got being to yourself that. and I was in charge. Yeah, yeah. You were in charge. And I think that that is a big thing. And I, I think that like every sitcom we've ever seen, it's like the King of Queens where it's like this, like <laughs> big husky guy <laughs> with fucking, the hottest wife ever you know what i mean so like when you get to curate <laughs> yeah you get what you yeah. want you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it, it was like what we, i wore what i wanted i like we would do my hair and makeup how i felt like at that day like yeah and it was me and i never felt like bad about myself or bad about my body even like if i had gained a few pounds during that run or i was like you know had my period or what like whatever it was or i was hung over and tired and I, had to, I never was like my appearance my body was never a thing that I thought about when we were doing that show well yeah I'm glad in, I'm, in, yeah. I'm glad you had that experience I'm glad you got to have that feeling in your career you know what I mean because it sounds like this once, one that you're going back to fucking life <laughs> well maybe you will again <laughs> I think you will. And I think that yeah. this is a thing too where like you have that experience and then you get to hopefully curate this experience more to what you know you like. Because if that was the one time you had it, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was possible. And like now right. you're like, actually, I know what it feels like to feel good all the time. And I'm going to be chasing that. <laughs> Which okay. Is like pretty okay. Cool. <laughs> Ladies, this was helpful for me. Thank you so much. We got you. Um, <laughs> I guess I was doing that was I wasn't doing my best at that this week. I am doing my best, though, trying to help political causes. And then in these days leading up to the election and yeah, I don't know. Casey, what are you doing your best at this week? Um, I didn't do my best at a lot of things. I just kind of like. I don't know, you know, like I'm like just in a holding pattern sort of. And guys, this was a week when what guys? Shantira. What? Yeah. We need to have an intervention with Casey. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, what's right, I mean, it's this. just, no, nope, you know, I, I, nope. <laughs> listen, stop. You have to stop. We were texting last night. She needs yeah. a pivot. We have to do a pivot. Okay. It's time yeah. for a pivot. I mean, cause you are I, doing your best. Yes. I, just, it's frustrating, you know, to be mm-hmm. in a place where like, just nothing's moving forward. And so like, I had that thing this week where I just was like hit a wall and like, just, you know, it's just, um, it just is how it is, okay. you know, but I, okay. I feel like I'm trying to be proactive, but I'm also trying to be understanding, like busy, you know, you and I have like sent out feelers about things and then just like literally not heard back from somebody who was like, no. I love you. I want to marry you. Like, you know, <laughs> the week prior and then like totally. radio silence. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's that's like my every week now. I send out a bunch of like missives on Monday, never hear back, like maybe, you know. But, but I just feel, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like our thing that then literally just crumbled into the <laughs> ground once the pandemic started was really smart and good. And I think we could possibly return to it at some point. I hope so. But, but if not like, then that has to be okay too. You know, I go around telling people all the time, like whatever you're doing, it's okay. It's like, you know, you're doing what you have to do. So I feel okay. Like, I feel like I'm trying. I feel like I'm doing the things that I'm capable of doing. I feel like I'm cutting myself slack on like not doing dishes or whatever. And then, you know, to be honest, like I've spent a lot of time on social media, speak of the devil, speak of, um, speak of, the the social dilemma and like while it can be a cesspool it can also be like a means of you know just staying in touch with people so like the highlight probably of my week was um talking with Michael McKeon on Twitter uh about Halloween candy <laughs> you know uh, I I know but here's the simple think. pleasures but here's what I think a little bit because I do think you're I think you're like in a, a bit of a rut and like uh as many people are right now. Yeah. As this is like all about this thing is all about pivots. And, you know, look, like I I, am not, I don't know, the arbiter of any fucking thing, but I know how talented you are and I know like how brilliant you are. And I feel like we have an interview, guys. It's not this week's. This week we're talking about <laughs> Danny McBride. But in a couple of weeks, we're going to air an interview that we had with someone. And she said, uh, you know, if the phone's not ringing, you got to call yourself. And like right. ever since we talked to her and she said that, I've been thinking about you. And I've been yeah. thinking about like that it's time for you to call yourself. And I And I think that that might look like a different application of your talents than what you've done for 20 years. Like I think yeah, that maybe. you should like write script, like a scripted thing or a novel. That's me. <laughs> well, I've done, <laughs> I've done that. I, I have I done know, that but, in the past. But another, another but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, think, I mean, I think that there's like, I think that there's a thing that is in you that, that is uniquely you And I think that like in this moment right now, you could, you could pull up, 
Oh my God. What was that guy's name who created Desperate Housewives? Um, <laughs> what was his name? Matthew Cherry. No, not was Matthew Cherry. Yeah, it was no. Matthew Cherry. No. Yeah. It was not yes, it was. Matthew Cherry. Yes, it Matthew was. There are two Matthew Cherries, there's right? Two Matthew Cherries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I only I know the black that. one, Yolo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know hair yes. love. Matthew a Cherry. Yes, uh, not hair love Matthew Cherry. <laughs> Wait, is it Matthew Cherry? It's Cherry. <laughs> or Matthew? Hold on, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably gonna be like. Dave it's Birkenstock. Mark Cherry. Mark Cherry. Mark <laughs> Cherry. Good call. Good call. Okay. You're like Matthew Cherry. Hair Love. Also, guys, if you haven't watched Hair Love, it's amazing. So okay, good. Mark Cherry was like, like having like a, he was having like a career crisis basically. And yeah. he like wrote the pilot of Desperate Housewives on spec. And then it was like the number one show you know, for years for like or whatever. Years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I also feel like I think I have pivoted a lot in the last year. So mm-hmm. I have like pivot cramps. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> not the last year, but like I I like left my long-term job to move across the country to do this other job. And then that ended and I was sad about that. And so I had to pivot away from that. And then I had a thing where I had a project set up that wasn't a TV project that got postponed for a year, but that was like the project that I was depending on like making a living from, which I 100% understand. But then I, you know, was pivoting back to trying to do this. It isn't hard for you. Yeah. 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 You know, so I'm just like, I have like a little bit of pivot exhaustion and pivot cramps, but yeah, Yeah. I have to like that, you know, what am I going to do otherwise? I guess the only thing I would say is that within the pivot, sometimes like I look at the things that I've called my own pivots. And aside from me legit, like deciding to up and move to New York. Yeah. Career wise, everything's like kind of all in the same family. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like entertainment. Yeah. Like I'm just yeah. doing entertainment, you know? Yeah. I just want, I want to hear you talk about yourself the way you would talk about me to someone. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, I just want to hear you say, like, obviously, like, things are, yeah, obviously, I'm going to get, like, I'm going to land in the right place and I'm going to get the best thing, you know? And I feel like I just keep hearing you say, like, it's not great. It's not. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) You're like, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of we'll sees. And I just feel like, Casey, it's not for me with you. It's not a we'll see. It's like, it's there. You know, you just, you're, it's going to be the thing when it's the thing. I know. I'm sorry. Am I upsetting you? So rude. That is rude. I'm. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm putting stuff, I'm trying, you know, it just hasn't, the thing hasn't happened yet. So I think the trying is is hard too. Uh, At the end of the day, there's always like. I I think that you I always just like lay in the bathtub <laughs> and like I think that like some days you do everything you can and even if it's good you just gotta lay in the bathtub so I think that like lay in the bathtub and then I also think that we're all getting like a um uh like because there is some good stuff about 2020 but there's like so much fucked up stuff happening that right. even when you're like that was a good hour. And then you like open a window and you're like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it's a mess Everything's out on there. fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that there is like, I think we're all 
that this, I think it's the duality of it all. We've talked about this yeah. before of just being like, I am doing my best. It sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> so get you someone who could do both. Like yeah. also, and maybe, you know, I was just going to say like career isn't everything either. You know, it's yeah. just like, it has been such a big part of my life. I'm, so weepy you guys I'm so sorry but Don't it's been apologize for crying. No, <laughs> it's been a big part thing. of my life and it's just yeah. not a big part of my life right now so it's a little bit figuring out like who am I without that because yeah. there is there is no guarantee you know yeah. and that's okay you know it's just but career isn't everything so everything else is like okay it's just normal pandemic shit you know but um it's just a very, no, just normal. it's just a very weird intention. place. Yeah. You know, I've had a, I've had a job since I was 14 years old, you know? Yeah. And so this is my first time ever like having an extended period, not working, not yeah. taking care of, you know, the people that I'm taking care of. So it's just a little bit of like figuring out like who I am. Yeah. Well, that, oh, I love you, first of all. But also that to me is like maybe for you what you need to start like looking as the gift of this time for you. Because I realized I had a really fucking hard time right in the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, you know, I like was paralyzed basically. Yeah. Like I couldn't. And part of the reason why is because I have, like you, we're very, we're so similar in so many ways. Yeah. And I had, I would fill my fucking days with shit. Right. And I was so busy and working so hard all the time doing a million fucking things. Right. And then it just all stopped. And when it all stopped, I had to like really deal with some shit that I hadn't been dealing with. Oh my God. And for like, sure. And I, and that comes down to like things that you think you've dealt with. And then you're like, oh shit, there's that thing again. Oops. Yeah. Like, I think that I goes that back we to what's in that. your body. Yeah. I think that right. goes back to what's in your body. Yeah. Because uh, we're always so much more gentle with our friends and other people than we are with ourselves, you know? And 100%. I think that when I like, like when I was improvising all the time, one of the things too is that like I would, I would genuinely be like, uh, uh, is this, if I never did this again, would I be okay? And like, I never want to think about that. It's really hard. And I think that once we, I always say that like, especially in this industry, like nothing's real. Like you can't uh, ever be like, oh, I'm a writer. I'm like, I'm Shantira and I write. That's how I always uh, present my, like I always try to like keep it in check because unless you are in charge of it, like, when we were in charge of the of busy tonight, unless you are in charge of it, so much of it has nothing to do with you. And that's really hard when you're right. like a hard worker and you know what you're capable of. Yeah. It's like, this is the only industry. Like if you want to be a brain surgeon, you like go to like to school for neurology and like become a good surgeon. But like, you're an amazing writer. And it's like that, this sounds weird, but like that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this, is the, this is the only in- industry where truly like, I think your talent obviously does matter. But this is the only industry where, like, you could have, uh, like, a neuroscience degree in writing, in comedy, and then someone can still be like, you look like my ex-girlfriend. 
And right. then you won't get a job. Yeah, just like it's trying out for cheerleading yeah. over and over right, and over. And, over. And, and you can already do a back tuck standing. Yeah. And so, but it's just like, oh, we have like a full squad, or you know, we were looking for someone who's like five foot two or whatever. It's it's a lot like acting in that way, yeah. you know. And like, yeah. and the truth is, like, I have been doing this a long time, and I have seen women who are like, you know, have had similar careers to mine where they just like tap out at some point. And I hate that for them. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be for me, but I can understand how they were like, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to do this. I had (laughs) a friend who became a nurse. (laughs) No shit. She like did like 20 years of comedy. And then she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then she went to nursing school. And I was like, shout out to Beth. Shout out to Beth. (laughs) But I think well, you that know that's what? Cool you know too. what will be inspiring to talk to our guest today. Yes, he's very funny. He has a very successful entertainment career. On he his has own a great terms. pivot. He has a great pivot. Yes. It's so yeah, it's so and, refreshing. And uh, guys, our guest today is the incredible Danny McBride, and uh, he was actually, I think, like the first or second person we even talk to was he the first it was Gillian and him. <laughs> he was the we first yeah him. he was the- he was the first so it yeah. was like our practice seems weird yeah if the interview seems weird or like we're bad at it we are um <laughs> we were out of we were out of practice and I was like I don't I don't even know I was it was crazy <laughs> but I do I love Danny um I was always a huge fan of his and then uh I write about it in my book but my job post Cougar Town I wasn't sure what I was going to do or what I wanted to do. And he had this new show, Vice Principles, that they were doing for HBO. And there was nothing. I didn't even know what the part was. I had no idea of how big the role was, but I just knew I wanted to work with him. So Danny was kind enough to let us interview him when we had not interviewed anyone (laughs) yet on our podcast, (laughs) the three of us. That's a a good friend. uh, That's a good friend. And here it is. Danny McBride. You know what time it is. It's time to get busy. Let's just get busy with it. We're getting busy with it. Listen, we all have had a time in our lives when we've had to make a very difficult choice. Standing there looking at two items that on the surface look very similar and maybe interchangeable even. But then sometimes there's just one little extra thing and it makes our choice so much easier. Vizzy stands out by having something all the other hard seltzers don't. Vizzy's got antioxidant, vitamin C. You know we've talked about it before. Those other girls wish they had vitamin C. They wish that they knew the acerola cherry, the super fruit with 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange. That's just but insane to me. That's insane. But Vizzy's like, no, I got this one. Put it in me. And they <laughs> did. And then you're going to want to put it in you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it never hurts to add some vitamins and antioxidants into the mix. It's a hard seltzer. It tastes delicious. It's fizzy. I love it over ice. Pineapple, mango, black cherry, lime, strawberry, kiwi, blue pomegranate, blueberry pomegranate. Oh, wait. Pomegranate. How many blueberry have you had? Pomegranate. It is 111 in the afternoon, Casey. I have had at least two. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just think you should all upgrade your hard seltzer with busy. I just love the name too. I love it because it rhymes with busy. I love it because we immediately thought of getting busy with it. It rhymes with fizzy. Fizzies are fizzy. They'll keep you busy. Everything good. Everything good. with a little extra antioxidant vitamin C, you're going to be feeling pretty great about things. (laughs) (laughs) To find out where you can purchase our favorite hard seltzer, Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com. That's Vizzy, V-I-Z-Z-Y, HardSeltzer.com. Obviously, you have to be 21 and over to drink it. It's got alcohol in it, guys. Care of... What is care of? You must take care of yourself and maintain your health goals with customized vitamin plans. Anyway, but you've been giving out a lot of free jingles because like, I know when people advertise on a podcast, they're not they're just they just want you to talk about their great product that but you've been doing a lot of just on your own out of like enthusiasm for the product care of coming up with a jingle. Listen, I love a vitamin moment. I want, I have specific things I want to address. I go to the vitamin aisle in my local health food store and I am overwhelmed. And you know what? It is not the person who was assigned to work that aisle that day's responsibility to try to help me navigate all of those vitamins. You know what I mean? So I, I know you do. That person always looks the most harried in any store situation, the vitamin aisle person. Because the vitamin aisle person is like, yesterday I was in fruits and vegetables. Today I am here. Ma'am, I do not know any more than you what is going to help your hair and nails. I just don't. (laughs) Calcium? Question mark? I don't know. A fish oil? Who knows? Care of knows their best in the, they're doing their best, but, but care of knows care of knows. And they have an in-depth five minute online quiz. It asks you questions about your diet, your lifestyle, your, your health concerns, and it helps you address your specific wellness goals. It's a holistic approach. It's like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house, which I realize increasingly I am now becoming more and more comfortable with. I don't know about you. But not, like, not just yet. You're you're not comfortable leaving your house. Or you are comfortable <laughs> leaving your house. I like to stay in and get things delivered to me. Still, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I got it, got I'm got now it. in a place where people are like a little bit more reopened. Yeah, but I now realize that the vibe is not loading up on stuff and having to lug it home. No, it's yeah. staying home, doing some online quizzes. And having things hand delivered to you, and it's a fun quiz. I I'm thought real, it was a fun, fun quiz, I'm and a real I like quiz bitch. And I like that you know you get a little pack, so it's got everything you need, all the vitamins. It's not like you're scrambling trying to put them together every day. I need a time saver. I, I'm in a crunch. It's crunch time. I have too much going on. Anyway, care of has really been an amazing addition to my vitamin routine. And, you know, listen, I'm just trying to st- 
stay healthy as the seasons change. I'm going back to work. I'm going to be around a lot of people. Yes, there are so many different things in place to keep us all healthy. However, I want my immune system to just be as strong as it can right now. So thank you, Care Of. And uh, listen, this is what you should do. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BEST50. So 50% off. That's awesome. Amazing. Your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BEST50. Done. Can you hear me? How's it going? You're you're our first guest ever. Thank you for first being here. Interview. Look out! The bar has been set not at all, so I can do anything here. <laughs> um, hi, Danny. Thank you so much for talking to us. So I want to introduce. Um, I don't know what it looks like on your screen, but um, this lady right here is Casey Saint Ange, and she was my um, partner showrunner on Busy Tonight. Was that what hey. it was called? Okay. That's what it was called. <laughs> and then Shantira Jackson Hi. is uh, wearing, she was one of my writers and she's my friend. And and on the show, I remember her. Yeah. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Danny and his wife watched the show a few times. Uh, sometimes I forget I was on it. I was in Ojai and a writer, like a lady in Ojai, I like went to her shop. And she was like, you're a writer. And I was like, oh my God, is this bitch psychic? How does she know? She was like, busy tonight. I was like, that makes sense. I was on TV a couple times. My bad. <laughs> Danny, how many times a week um, does someone shout out at you on the street? Well, I guess since it's been COVID, probably not that many, but pre-COVID. Like- I, I, I've been liking COVID for that reason with the mask and everything because it's like I can just roll into stores anywhere and no one knows who I am. I just look like an old Western bandit coming into town. <laughs> and do people, But like before COVID, like I always get white chicks. <laughs> or or like a lot of times it's um it's totally wrong it's like hot girls <laughs> like that I'm like that's not the name of the movie or like uh there was that other one with what's his name David Spade called the hot chick and mm-hmm. they'll be like were you in the white chicks and or the white gr- or the the hot chicks and I'm like no that's not the name of the movie <laughs> do people just do people what's the number one is it Kenny Powers is what you get uh, you know what? It what when Eastbound was out, it was definitely Kenny Powers the most. Uh, but after that, I just stopped going to bars and just doing things like that. I just couldn't, uh, you know. I I You're saw the writing mind. on the wall. I've been to bars <laughs> with you. What are you talking about? You never. I know, but they're 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 like in a we're like sequestered in like a little table with twelve of us where there's lots of that's true. Contact. Yeah, we do. Also, I I would say because we've we have been to many many bars together. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, there is like a protective, but there's always like a round of shots that shows up from some buddy at the bar. Is that, a bu- is that ever a bummer? Uh, it's never a bummer unless it's like something like fireball that they sent over. Just something <laughs> where you're like, oh, I don't want What's, this. I've been drinking tequila all night. Right. I know what your preferred is, but let's just give it to the people so that if they ever see you in a bar and they want to send a round of shots to your table... What are they saying? Uh, not to be picky, but I would go with tequila, and I would probably go with a with a rep or an anejo. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to just take shots of silver. It's kind of no, weird, you know. No, 
You want a night? You want a 1942, Danny McBride? Sure. You can just. Sure. You can just say yeah. that. Just I put it like out that. there. I want you yep. to like put it, like secret it. Yeah. For yourself, I will. I'll do that. I'll wear and a T-shirt also, that just says that. Don Julio, 1942. I bet some <laughs> will arrive to your house now. Um, this episode is brought to you by Don Julio. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Um, we wish. We kind of do wish. Uh, but also, um, Danny, how did you and I first meet? Do you remember? How did we first meet? I feel I like know. I met you before the audition. Didn't I? Didn't we cross paths at some point? Or was it when you came in for I Vice feel Principles? Like, well, I feel like we did. The person who would really remember is Mark. But um, I don't know. I was super excited when I got the audition for Vice Principals, Cougar Town was ending. And I just, because I was such a huge fan of yours for so long. And um, and I loved Eastbound and Down and then had seen Foot Fist Way after Eastbound and Down. And yeah, and I think that was the first time I met you. And I remember there was just like no information. You guys just didn't give any information about what we were auditioning <laughs> for at all. <laughs> <laughs> and every actor I knew, every like all my actor friends would were texting. Is anyone going in for this Dan- new Danny McBride show? What is it? What is? I mean, what is the character? What are we auditioning for? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm gonna get it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I did. And then we. And then we. Uh, and then we went out of town to shoot it over the summer. I feel like you've done a really cool thing in your I want to talk to you about a couple of things cuz like we're we're talking to people about their pivots in life either like work or personal and I feel like you've had several pivots in your life and career but you've had some in the last several years that have really worked out for you and since you and I become friends I've been able to witness them firsthand um so you know you always sort of return to the South to shoot your stuff, correct? It's just like, what is it about? You know, I guess it's just because our stuff is, you know, our stuff just takes place here. And it's like such a specific, like, vibe that we kind of go go for about portraying the South that uh, it just would feel like disingenuous to shoot it somewhere else. You know, like there's, you know, you can't duplicate these incredible shopping centers just anywhere you have to come <laughs> to the South. And, and, you know, we also love working with like non-experienced actors. So if we're going to set something like Eastbound in the South or foot this way in the South, we like to just populate it with people that are from the area. So it just has that flavor and the actors have that sort of dialect that doesn't have to be taught. Um, so yeah, it's just about authenticity, I guess, is why we've always come back here. And is that like a decision that you and Jody Hill and David Gordon Green, who they're your longtime collaborators, is that a thing that you guys talked about back at North Carolina School of the Arts? Or like, was that, how did you, how did you decide that that was going to be the vibe? You know, a little bit of it was just because we were from North Carolina. So we knew, we, we all met and went to school in North Carolina. So we knew a lot of people from the film school that we went to, North Carolina School of the Arts, that kind of stuck around North Carolina, whether it's like Charlotte. And so when we first started getting things going, we just kind of went back to North Carolina to shoot just because we we knew people who would work for free and they would uh, and they would show up to do it. But uh, 
I guess as time kind of went on, we also like every time we get an opportunity to do something, we're always barely allowed to do it. So we always have to go to a like a rebate state. We've never been allowed to shoot anything in LA, anywhere where there's not like a substantial rebate. They're just not interested. Right. But you but that's really worked for you. I feel like you've leaned into that thing and that is the thing that has been like one of the things that's like made your stuff stand out, don't you? Well, you know, I, I just have these different ideas about the film industry. Like I think if you look at the film industry, it's so odd that it's like an art form that's like based out of like in, you know, Los Angeles, one city. I mean, if like music was only based in America out of like one city, I mean, how boring would the sound be, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that should be something like, I I wish that there were pockets of film communities all over the States and just, I think that's how you really capture these different unique voices and unique stories is just stop just green lighting all the stories that come out of like the two biggest cities in the country, you know, go out there and really find different people. Well, I guess my question to you is your pivot in the last several years is like you made a decision to actually just leave LA, which is kind of wild for someone who you're a writer and an actor and a producer. You do your own stuff and you have your own company. You have a company that has a deal. (laughs) Like, and most people think like, oh, that company is based in LA. But after we filmed... Uh, vice principals, you guys were just like, we're out. What was that? And how did you come to that decision? And were you worried at all? And how's it worked out? Yeah, give them to us. Answer one. Uh, you know, you know, I think when we would come to the South to shoot these different shows, it would. we all lived in Los Angeles for years. I moved out there in 1999. And I'm so... Someone- Wait, tell, what did you do? What did you do in 1999? I, what didn't I do? I waited tables. I was the night manager at the Burbank, uh, in the Holiday Inn in Burbank. I was a PA for years, uh, got into motion control, which is like for behind the music. It was like pushing in on still photographs, like in and out for <laughs> behind the music. And Can you still Channel. do that? Do you do that for with your like family photos and stuff? Does Gia ever make you? Do she a- doesn't. Should- I put those, I put those days behind me. I don't know, Danny. I feel like, you know, it'd be a really nice present. Just one of those videos, like a behind the music, but of your family. I should do that. (laughs) You should do that. What what else are you doing right now, dude? (laughs) I know, nothing. Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think after being out there, like, it was just one of those places where I always just felt a little crazy in Los Angeles. You know, I always just felt dread there. And so then when we would go away to shoot, I always just felt a little bit more myself. Like, uh, and it wouldn't even have to be to shoot in the South. Just anytime I got out of Los Angeles to shoot any, anywhere, I just always felt a little bit more at ease. And so I guess after years of doing it, I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I, uh, why am I sticking around someplace that like in my heart or my gut is telling me it's not, you know, the city for me. And so I think once I had kids, it started to, kind of wear on me more of like, you know, I kind of want to be the best version of myself I can be to raise these kids. And so maybe getting out of the city uh, 
would be helpful. And honestly, it really was. Like, I feel like, you know, nothing against Los Angeles. I think it's just my own, like, chemistry with that city. And I think because I'm someone who constantly likes to work and keep myself busy, I think, like, living in a town that's, like, geared around the entertainment industry was just a constant, like, uh, I just really couldn't shut things off. I was constantly looking at billboards. Or- yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like a constant reminder of shit you're not doing totally. living in LA. And so yeah. since you relocated your business and like, you know, I would say t- most everybody that worked with you at Rough House also moved. Correct? <laughs> we did. We moved out here. I think we moved out Four here years? in 2017 and it was, uh, we came out here with about seven families and they were all guys that, you know, guys that we had worked with. A lot of them I knew. Because Danny only works with men, guys, just so you know. That's his <laughs> only. He's not, not he just isn't interested, right? You're just like, you're like, well, ladies, law. <laughs> Getting back. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, our company is three, it's three men. Yeah, it I is apologize. three dudes. <laughs> but you guys, here's what I will say, Danny. And like one thing that I always will say to people about you, you know, when you're not in the room, is that one thing I really respect and like so much about you and the work that you do is your loyalty and um, to your friends and the people that you came up with. And that like you consistently hire the same people again and again on shows. And, you know, when things work, you just you just have like a, a, a strong sense of, of community and family within the industry. And I feel like that, um, I don't know. I think that it can be rare. I don't think, it, I, I don't think everybody has that. You generate a lot of goodwill. I feel like we're just so lucky to be able to do what we do that to mm-hmm. me, it just seems like why not just try to make it as nice as it can be for the people you work with and the people that come back. Like I, I never get it when people get to have this job and then act like assholes and treat people like shit. It just kind of doesn't seem like it matches it. I can understand if you've been out here trying to do it and you haven't achieved what you want, then by all means, be an asshole to everyone. But uh, if you're getting to do what you want to do, it kind of seems ridiculous to not just pay it forward. You know what I heard a really long time ago and I love it and I keep it in my back pocket always. And actually there's been some stuff in the news this week and I'm like, hmm. So in order to be successful and have longevity in this business, I didn't make this up. I heard it a long time ago. Let me hear it. There are three things that you need. You have to be talented. You have to be a really hard worker. And you have to generate goodwill. And for a period of time, if you only have two of those things, you can get by. But eventually, if you don't have all three, it will catch up with you and it'll be over and the rug will get pulled out. And to me, if you look at like anytime anyone hasn't survived, mm, let's make it a positive, guys. If you look at the people who have career longevity and who really keep working and being successful, they all have those three things in addition to the ability to like pivot when they need to. <laughs> Do you feel like moving here made your work better? You you weren't, you didn't have the idea for Righteous Gemstones when you moved here. You were working on Halloween, right? That's right. So we, we uh, as soon as we moved here, we we uh, wrote Halloween and then shot that here. And then at the same time, I... Uh, Which was like, by the way, a huge fucking hit. It was... It, it, it was it like well. a huge yeah. movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was like a bit, but it was like a, it was 
that was a bit, I remember being so excited for you guys because that was like, I feel like it was like a big deal that that movie did so big. Right. Yeah, it was awesome. It was nice to have something that people liked. That that's rare for us. Like a lot of times we have <laughs> stuff that is, some people like it, some people hate it. This one was something that worked and we didn't everyone didn't want to kill us afterwards. So that was a positive. Except for Mike Myers. Um <laughs> moving from the south, uh from Los Angeles, did that like impact your work positively? Yeah, you, you know, like to- when I moved here, I think that it was like I was ready to have a adventure with my family. You know, I have two young kids and uh and I've been spending a lot of time just working. So I felt like let's move away from what we know and what we're comfortable with and try something new where we have to kind of rely on each other. And uh, I think just doing that, f- focusing on, on another aspect of my life besides my job for a while, I think then when I came back to start writing again, uh, I don't know, I felt like I was just in a better headspace and I was just kind of in touch with, I don't know, stuff that was engaging me a little bit more. Where did Righteous Gemstones is my favorite show, one of my favorite shows of last year. You know my other one, Danny, is the Busy Tonight. show. No, oh, besides Busy Tonight. Well, did you watch it? Yes. Did you watch it? I haven't yet? seen I haven't. I need did, to. I heard it's awesome. I told you six weeks ago. What's happened? I don't I don't watch anything. I watch like reality TV shows and that's it. I know that's you love I, oh, I know you really what's happening right now you're on Chris Lee explains it all or whatever what's his name well that's a, that's it? a standard in our house uh but right what's now what's your favorite right now below but de- below deck Mediterranean right. is what we're all about right now <laughs> yeah. Kiko just got fired I'm very upset with Captain Sandy remember we tried to reach out to below deck to see if we could do it do you remember this yeah, and yep. they basically were like, "Yeah, they can do it if they rent the yacht for like two million dollars and they pay." And we're like, "Wait, what? No, that's not that's not what we no, we're not. <laughs> we doing should just that. rent the yacht and make our own show." Yeah, we don't need you. We don't want to be on your show. I mean, we do. <laughs> we like the show. We like. We're fans. We actually are fans. <laughs> well, I stopped watching it when I was like here with you guys. I watched it more just because then I, I wanted to have stuff to talk to you about. And it was, you know, it was just like all. <laughs> but the last time I recommended a TV show to you, it was Search Party and you watched it and loved it. Oh, and I loved it. I know. So I'm right about Dave, but I'm also right about Righteous Gemstones. It's the best show of last year. Um, do you guys get nominated for Emmys? I'm sorry, I don't know that. Is that no, right? We never get nominated for anything. I know you don't, but you know what? <laughs> but Danny, that is to me, it's such a fucking injustice. I hate it. I hate it for you. I hate awards anyway. They're bullshit. But like, but that's bullshit. Like you and Edie, everybody on that show should have gotten a nomination. Don't you guys think? Do you think that, do you think that has anything to do with sort of working outside the Hollywood system? Yes, it does. I don't know. I think you probably, for those awards, you have to play the game a little bit. I think you probably have to like court it a little bit. And that's just not something I'm kind of that into. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't even watch the Emmys. Who gives a shit what gets nominated or who wins? <laughs> no, I know. I know. Except people do care. And like, it's annoying. Actually, but it doesn't really, I guess if it doesn't impact your business, then it doesn't matter, right? What does it even mean now at this point? Like with COVID, Black Lives Matter, everything that's happened in the last six months, like does anyone want to watch a bunch of fucking actors get a statue? I want to watch Black people win them. So that's my goal. It's like, I think Emmys are stupid until all the Black people have them. Then I think it's cool. (laughs) I'm happy for that too. 
That's what I want. I want just like Issa Rae and Wanda Sykes and Angela Bassett. Truly, the only person I care about ever winning an Emmy is Angela Bassett. <laughs> I love her. Danny, I, love I want you to Angela. win one too. But Angela's one the day. only one who will never let us down, baby. <laughs> I mean, not yet. Nope. Ugh. Well, anyway, um, how did the idea of Righteous Gemstones, like where did it come from? Was that a collaboration or was that like... Just your sort of, because I know you had like you and I had talked about some other ideas that you were thinking about for your next show. Uh, like you know what? It just it kind of just you know part of why I wanted to move here was just to kind of be around people that don't make movies and don't make TV and just kind of see what are people all about outside of the city. Like what are they into? And you know they're the people that ultimately were trying to entertain. So it's kind of cool to know what's happening out there. And uh, yeah, when I moved to Charleston, I just kind of like, I mean, everywhere you go, there's churches, you know, on the dial. It's uh, the holy religious city, station. Man. Yeah, the holy city. And I don't know, it just kind of made me remember about like when I was a kid, I grew up going to church and my parents were like Sunday school teachers and my mom did puppet ministry. So the church was definitely a big part of my childhood, but I haven't she been. She did puppet like, ministry? Wait, I, that was my you, question as well. Yeah, can you what go is, into what is pup? I'm sorry, Danny. What what is what is puppet ministry? So my mom had uh, some puppets, and she would write scripts like for children's ministry. And then during the big during big church, uh, she would uh, have these puppets and do these like little kind of Bible lessons, I guess you know, for kids. Oh yeah. Wow. Did, you, did you ever do puppets with her? I never did. I, I watched them all. I never <laughs> did. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe if I, we would have stuck with it for longer, I would have been able to voice them. But I just watched. Do you know she still has the puppets? I have the puppets. Yeah. They're in like a box here in my house. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Can we? I love that. I'm going to need to see those puppets <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I feel like you should... I want a picture of those puppets. <laughs> I feel like they should be on display. Are they super cute? Uh, they're kind of like generic puppets that you would just get like the Bible bookstore at the mall. But uh, yeah. she had different yeah. wigs and different, yeah. You know, different- Where I grew up, there wasn't a Bible bookstore at the mall. Just FYI. Oh. <laughs> I bet you there was. You just didn't, you didn't know. There's one everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Is, there? Is that true? Oh, yeah. I, I oh. mean, I grew up Southern Baptist. So I, I've taught Sunday school before. Um, I'm not a heathen now, but close. And uh, I have seen a many a dance troupe for the Lord. Uh, <laughs> I have seen a many a play for the Lord. I have seen yes. a many. I've seen a many a different abstract art way to get you to the Lord. And that bookstore is somewhere. <laughs> yes. Okay, I believe you guys. <laughs> I guess by the time I could pay attention, I had shut it off. <laughs> I was not interested. Um, You have like a pretty great working relationship with HBO. I feel like they sort of like let you do what you want. How how the fuck did you do that? Uh, you know what? Uh, I just, I, you know, we've just been really lucky with them. You know, I, I just like working with them. You know, like uh, their notes. You know, we we like to try to take on like tricky material and. Uh, and so you got to have good executives who are like willing to have a little bit of faith that like your heart's in the right place and, you know, and that you're not trying to like 
I don't know, that there's some intelligence behind what you're trying to make. Like they've never told us to back away from any jokes. They've never been scared of like anything we've done. Like if they give us notes, it's always in service of like the story or like that a, a, an emotional beat's not hitting the way it should. And I don't know, once you kind of trust the executives that way, I think it's you can start to have an easier relationship with them because every time you get notes from them, it doesn't like, you're not turning to all the other writers being like, fuck these people. You know, you're you're kind of interested yeah. in what they have to say. Oh, hi. Oh, my daughter is here. Um, I just cursed in front of her. Great. Well, I have headphones on. And also, <laughs> you know, you understand that. Let me write I it say. out then. <laughs> I don't know how to do Minecraft. No, can you like... I do. Um, where's your dad? Is that Wait, a good can, question? Can I ask a question while Busy's doing Minecraft? I thought you never would. Let's do this. <laughs> do you have a story about like your lowest moment in LA when you knew this city was not for you? Oh, man. Uh, I think I was traumatized in my early 20s. Just, I mean, I literally moved to LA with like 20 bucks in my pocket with just friends from college and, you know, instantly trying to get a job waiting tables or else you weren't going to have enough money for rent to, in two weeks. And, you know, I, I was hand to mouth the whole time I, I lived there. Honestly, I was always an overdraft every week, not even until I like got my first paycheck from a studio it was like, that's the first time I was cash positive in my life ever. And so LA is just a tough city when you're trying to claw your way in. I mean, it feels like it can sense when things are going bad for you and it just throws other shit at you. <laughs> like I think the first year I moved out there, I, I had no money and racked up like two grand worth of parking tickets. And, you know, it just felt like every time you'd make any positive steps, like 10 more things would happen. And so it was just a tough town. I think I never shook that. Uh, I never shook that anxiety, I think. Okay. And then in when you made the big move to the to South Carolina, was there ever a second where you're like, oh shit, was this a mistake? You know, since I got here, it's never felt that way. But before I got here, for sure, you know, like we you know, my wife and I had kind of discussed it and we like put an offer on a house and then they accepted it. And then suddenly the, the idea just became real where both of us were like, shit, we're doing this. Are we really moving away from here? And my wife's... And also, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And also like Danny's wife is from LA, all of her family for gener like generations, like the, everybody lives in LA. So she was like leaving where she grew up. Yeah, yeah. But it was, uh, you know, anytime you're trying to take that first step off into the unknown, it's like terrifying. It's so easy to kind of like stick with what you know. But uh, I guess in my head, I was thinking, you know, worst case scenario, this is like a total bad move and I get hosed and have to just move back to Los Angeles. It wouldn't be the end of the world. But uh, we got here and it, it was just awesome. We really kind of fell into a good groove here. But also, I have to say, like, I think that the the security of moving with, like, eight of your friends and their families to a new place is, like, you guys rolled up into this town with a full crew that, like... It's like a fun like, cult. It is a fun cult. <laughs> It's like the opposite of pioneers. Instead of going to the West, we are coming to the East. We saw what the West had to offer and returned. And you're like, no, thank you. <laughs> we are out. That was awesome. I mean, it, it did feel, it made close friends turn into family, which was nice. For sure. Well, obviously a lot's happened in the last six months and you guys were just about, you had written 
season two of Righteous Gemstones and you were what, a week into shooting during Yeah, we had we were, we had shot we had shot for two days. <laughs> two days. Okay, not even a week. <laughs> not even a week. And gemstones obviously takes place in a mega church. So there's tons of extras. There's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of hard to fake it. And so, but it was all happening at once. I mean, this was, you know, I think our last day of shooting was on a Friday night. And on that Monday is when they closed schools down here. The NBA shut down, like all these Tom Hanks got it. Every, everything happened at once. And everyone was like, oh shit, this is real. You know, and then uh, we were thinking at the time we'd be down for like two weeks, three weeks. I'm sure like everybody thought. Oh, yeah. And uh, and now it's just my new existence. It's great. <laughs> Every day, but, the same thing. <laughs> but what I thought was interesting is that I think a lot of people, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how people, creative people are, everybody's handling this differently. But when I talked to you about season two of Righteous Gemstones, you were like, we're going to start over. Is that the... I'll keep some stuff from it, but it just feels like the world is going to be so... I mean, you know, we're going to shoot this and hopefully we'll be able to start shooting again in February and it would come out next fall. I mean, it just seems like the world is so different than it was six months ago that, uh, I don't know, I just don't want it to be out of date. I think it has to kind of like, I don't know. And I'm kind of looking forward to just figuring out like, well, what is the world going to be now and and how does this fit into it? Uh, So... I kind of, I, I like the idea of it. I, I think it'll be a nice challenge. Can I ask I you though, so Chris, um, one thing that I have always found really interesting about your work is um, how prescient I feel like it is. Did I say that word right? Prescient? Oh yeah. I get that all the <laughs> you know, time. Sometimes you have <laughs> words, you know, you have words that like you write down a lot, but you don't say out loud. Casey, help me out. Come on, sure. guys, Presc- you make me prescient. feel like I'm an idiot. Prescient, you prescient. got it, you got it. I said prescient. You should That's have corrected okay. me. Prescient. Prescient? That just, sounds weird. When you do that, In- just English? if you feel unsure, uncertain, you just kind of mumble or whisper the last mm-hmm. part of the word. Yeah, Pres- yeah. Prescient. At least prescient. you didn't say prescient. Yosemite. Who said Yosemite? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, A 45. <laughs> the, the president of the United States referred to Yosemite as Yosemite yesterday. That's not true. Is that true? It's absolutely it's true. true. Two times. Two times. Everything feels wrong and not real, but it is. It's still wrong, <laughs> anyway, but it's real. No need to make Danny relive. <laughs> prescient. Prescient. Well, here's here's why prescient. Here's why I mean, but that 45 is like a perfect example of prescient. When you wrote vice principles, it was before Trump was even like a thought. And it feels like when you watch that series that you're speaking to just that moment in time, how do you, and then same with like Righteous Gemstones, I feel like you, I don't know. I just feel like you like have this, you're very, very able creatively to tap into this thing of what's going to resonate in like, because, you know, there's a delay in filming and getting things made, right, in this industry. So like when you brought Vice Principles to them, they're like, okay, I guess. And then when it came out a full year and a half later, two years after you wrote it? Two years, yeah. Two years after you wrote it was like in the midst of the Trump I don't even know what, what are we calling it? He was like, I think he was running then when we were shooting. Disaster. 
Yeah. He started he started the he started to run when we started shooting, right? Cuz that was didn't he start to run like in the like May something. I, I remember us like rapping and like coming all of us coming back and watching debates and just being like, "Can you believe this?" <laughs> there's no way. There, there's no way this guy is going to win. Anyway, um how do you what's your like process for thinking about the world and how it informs these like stories that you're telling about a very very specific places and people and like a different world than a lot of other people are putting into the world. The world? I said the world so many times, guys. I'm a terrible interviewer. I'm so sorry. I'm really, I'm really doing my best. <laughs> you know, I I have I have no clue. I mean, it's like maybe it has a little bit to do with just even the idea that we like to shoot stuff outside of LA. I think it's just trying to get that perspective of what's really happening in the world outside of mm. the city, you know? And, and you think like the media catches up two years later. Oh shit, this is what's happening. I'm gonna we're gonna write to this. This is the story. And then two years later, the coasts are like, this is the story. <laughs> That's I mean, even I feel like even even with Eastbound, it's like you know we were making fun of like toxic masculinity before that was even like a, a, no, a catchword. You know, it's like hundred percent. It was like a total character piece on someone who like suffers from it to the extreme and how it affects his life and the people around him. And uh, but I mean, like I said, those are just that's based on just people that I grew up around and people that I knew. So I guess in some extent, it's just kind of keeping your eyes open to the world around you and seeing what's percolating and what's building and then trying to figure out a way to, you know, tell a story that's relevant. Okay, this is not having to do with anything, but I genuinely do want to know, Danny. You're right. You grew up in this world. Like, it is, you portray these characters that I know so many people, un, like, annoyingly think is just who you are. You know I have zero tolerance for white men. Like, I truly, <laughs> I like, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. No, but, like, I would do anything for you. How the fuck did you avoid becoming that dude? What was it? I'm not kidding. I really want to know. You, like, grew, every, all the conditions are right for you to be horrible. And you are truly... It's like you have all the ingredients and you are so kind, so like loyal, not a creep, like a family man where it's like not just lip service where he's like, I just am doing everything. Oh, when I look into my kids' eyes, I see the light. <laughs> like whatever. Like you're like a real person who's just the best. How did you avoid becoming a horrible, toxic man? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I, I have no clue. I mean, I guess just common sense and, you know, just, I guess all men aren't bad, busy. We're cool. There's a lot of us that are awesome. I'm going to give it to your mom and say those Bible puppets. <laughs> the Bible puppets. It also sounds like you're, it sounds like you're a good listener too. I think yeah. that probably has a lot to do with it. You probably believe people when they're in their struggles, maybe. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I believe you right now. Self-awareness? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you have a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. And I also just think, I mean, I grew up in the South and, uh, but I went to an art school. Like, I mean, right. while everybody else was like hunting, I was like tracking down like, you know, 
foreign films from, you know, blockbuster video and <laughs> my neighborhood. It's like, I just have been an odd bird. That's just sort of like, you know, a, a spectator of Southern culture, as opposed to like someone mm. that necessarily is like constantly <laughs> participating. It's my dad. My dad's here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, by the way, I love that we got an appearance from Cricket and from and Declan. They, we haven't, because COVID guys, we haven't been able to get the kids together this summer, but I really felt like this was going to be the summer they were going to fall in love. I know. <laughs> well, next summer. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just, I really, I think that that's a really interesting, I don't know. I think that's really interesting that you were always like a spec, that you viewed yourself as a spectator of a culture that you were immersed in as you grew up. I guess that's it. Even when I went to School of the Arts in uh, in North Carolina School of the Arts and met guys like Jody and David, they were guys that were similar to me, which is, you know, they also grew up in the South and they were fascinated with movies and storytelling and all this stuff too. So it was cool to uh, to just find a place where you could meet people like that that kind of had the same situation as you and kind of see the world in a similar way. All right. Well, what pivot is next for you? Do you have one? <sighs> Oh, gosh. I mean, it's going to be like eventually just putting pants back on and having to like go face the world. I've really gotten accustomed to just like, I mean, this was a big deal to just, just like put my computer on and do a Zoom call for an hour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm really excited that you did it. Um, hopefully, you'll get to shoot in February. We can get some more righteous gemstones in our lives. Are you writing anything else right now? Halloween's being finished. I know that, right? Yeah, we finished that. And we finished the third, uh, the third, the writing the third installment of it. And uh, yeah, I've just been trying to write and keep myself busy and just, you know, when I feel the creative juices flow, I'll follow them. And if I don't, I'll just sit on my ass and do nothing. Where, will you like regather the writer's room for righteous gemstones at some point? Or are you just going to like wait and see? Uh, I'll probably just try to handle the rewrite on my own, maybe, and just kind of just like I've always like looked forward to that. Like every time we've ever done You're a, a real show, Tyler Perry, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna knock it out. But we've always TV is so different than movies in the sense that like with movies you don't get to make the movie most of the time until the script is finished. You know, there's obviously ch times where that's not the case, but with television, it's always writing to it being shot. So every time we've ever written anything, it's just like pedal to the metal. The stress level is out the roof and you're trying to crack a story while production's asking you what the sets look like. And so it'll be kind of nice to have this fall to kind of like take my time with it and not feel that big locomotive, like on my ass coming down the tracks. On the, um, did you direct on Eastbound and Down? When did you start directing? You know, I went to I went to film school for directing. Like, I didn't go to school for acting. Like, I met Jody and David at film school, and um, and but uh, but David was like obsessed with you as an actor, right? Isn't we would story? act each, we would act for each other because we didn't really like know actors, and so we would just put each other in stuff. Yeah, that was it. Wait, but the. The your like start in the business. Do you guys know this about all the? Have you guys seen all the Real Girls? David Gordon Green's movie. Okay, so you guys both looked no. frozen. I'm not even kidding you. I like <laughs> thought the computer froze. Zoe yeah, Deschanel. No. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Zoe Deschanel's in it. The guy that got fired off Parks and Rec was like the lead, right? Danny? Brian Danowitz. Oh, Paul Schneider. Yes. Uh -huh. I was trying to. Yeah, think Paul Schneider. 
Is that Brandanowitz? Yeah. Brandanowitz. Yeah, he was like such a he was such a bummer on that on Parks and Rec, but he's so good on all the real girls. Um, but uh, but this wasn't the story that like there was somebody cast in the part that you play in the movie, and that person dropped out or something happened, like dropped out, right? Or they couldn't do his contract. Uh, no, I think it was. It was an actor who was supposed to be in. Uh, it was the. It was. Uh, God, it wasn't Freaks and Geeks. It was the. Yes. Oh my God. The, yes. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Who had the mess? The teeth, and then he got him fixed. Tim Sharp. <laughs> so he was. I'm not saying anything that's not re- like out in the world, guys. He had like messed up teeth, and then he had them fixed. <laughs> you know, this is how my brain works, guys. Wait. So of it course. was Tim. It was Tim Sharp, and then what happened? He could. He dropped out or something. Well, I was at the time, uh, that's when I was working at Behind the Music and doing all that motion control <laughs> stuff that you think I should do for my family now. I was doing that. And uh, yeah, Green David Green was about to shoot the movie and this actor dropped out and he called and asked if I would come play. And I was like, man, I've been busting my ass for two years to like get a steady job with benefits. And here I am. And so for a moment, I almost didn't take the role because I was like, man, what am I going to do? Go do this independent movie for two months and then have to look for a new job in L.A.? But then I just said, fuck it, and quit my job, went down there, acted in it, and then came back to L.A. and looked for another job. And then didn't act in things for... That was the first real taste of acting, though. But it got. I feel like it got you a lot of attention, right? No. It got me a little I bit, I guess. And then, then Foot Fist Way was kind of what did it. Jody and I, after right. that, were like, decided to make something together. And uh, yeah, then that's kind of where, where most of the stuff came from, but... I guess that was a pivot. Was a pivot. That was from a big behind one. the music to all the one. real girls. <laughs> and and then you there was no turning back for Danny McBride. Can I ask one more question? Case. So for someone who's maybe not um a movie maker or a TV maker, just someone who's considering a pivot in their life where they want to make a big move, do you have a big any move. a big move um from one place to another? Do you have any advice for them and for surviving a big move? Oh, man. Uh, I guess the stuff that helped me get through was just kind of knowing that, like, moving isn't, like, the end of the world, you know? That if, it, if, if you're trying to pivot into something else, I mean, the worst that can happen is it doesn't pan out and you come back to what you were doing with a little more insight or maybe some some new scars and some new lessons. But uh, I guess just fear is the main thing. Fear just is like what locks so many of us up from like really putting ourselves out there and, and going for things that we know would maybe serve us better. So conquer your fear. You can't <laughs> let fear control you. That's right. You can't make fear-based decisions. No, you shame-based decisions are fine if you're shame. afraid of being shamed. <laughs> not fear. That those are smart, actually. Yeah. Shame-based decisions are are wise. I think that that's like a great no no fear-based decisions, but shame-based decisions are fine. <laughs> um, Danny, I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for talking. I can't to believe us. I was the first one. Look at me, huh? What a day. I know. I'm so <laughs> glad. I didn't do any preparation. I didn't have any questions to ask you. I'm really not great at this so far, but this was the best I could do this morning. Well, thank you for putting it all out there for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you, Danny. But you're not gonna you're not gonna go back to work until it's like you're it's like done, right? 
or what do you Yeah, think? we were going to shoot a Christmas special. I wrote a Christmas special that was only going to take <laughs> two weeks to shoot, but the, the numbers here are so crazy. I just didn't want to put anybody in, in, in harm's yeah. way. Yeah. Ugh, I know. And like, also, it's kind of a little bit for me, like, for what? You know, what? Like, not that I wouldn't really enjoy a Christmas special, but... Maybe you guys could do, maybe like you and Ed, maybe you guys could all do, you could do like a, a Zoom Christmas special. <laughs> Just saying. You know, yeah. you know, for charity. <laughs> there you go. Wait, I'm going to ask you one last question then I'm letting you go. Have you taken up any new hobbies since you moved out of the city and to a more country life? God, uh... No, uh, you can't run away from yourself. I'm still just the same old dumbass I was in LA. <laughs> I still make up lots of excuses of why I don't want to leave my house. And it's harder to get weed here, though. Is that, that's true. To get weed here. Yeah, I've had to enroll yeah, in high school weed. again as a high school student to try to find. Yeah. The that's how. That's what I do. Uh, uh, um, all right, guys. Well. Danny, I think you are doing your best. I think you've always been doing your best. Do you feel like you've always been doing your best? Try to. I try to do my best. Yeah. You're kind of like living your best life. Is that what maybe, that means? Maybe more than anyone I'm friends with. What? That this is living what? your best what? life? Yeah. Are, don't you feel like you are? I try to be happy. I try to not waste time doing stuff I don't like. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You like literally are a person that's like, yeah, no, I don't feel like doing that. I'm not going to do that. I don't care. All right. Anyway, I think that that's great. Don't make fear-based decisions. Danny, thank you so much. <laughs> it's nice to meet y'all. <laughs> y'all be good. Guys, our little kitties, Gildo and Rosie, two cats, one giant litter box, and Pretty Litter has really come to our rescue. This is, I swear, a game changer. I promise you, my cat people out there, I'm not, I'm not a fan of litter, having to change the litter. I'm not a fan when it smells like it hasn't been changed in a while. But Pretty Litter is kitty litter reinvented. It's not like traditional litter. It's very light crystals. They trap the odor. They release moisture. It's dry, low-maintenance litter. It doesn't smell. And it's virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de-dusting process. This is like, if you don't have cats, you're like, I got to fast forward through this. If you do have cats, you know, like the little rug that you have to put out on the outside of the litter box. Like it's a whole journey. But Pretty Litter is incredible. It arrives safely at the door in a small little lightweight bag. And it lasts up to a month. And now that I get those litter bags auto-shipped, I don't have to deal with the last-minute trip to the store. Um, but above all else, above all else, why I love Pretty Litter and why I'm so excited that they advertise on the show is because they have a health indicator. It monitors my cat's health by changing colors if it detects potential underlying issues. That's you so can't, genius. It's genius. And if you have cats, you know that urinary tract issues can be a big deal with cats. And our last cat, Verdell, RIP, we loved her so much, but she often had like uh, bladder infections and stuff and it was really painful her, for her. And so if you can like figure it out right away. You can treat it and then it's not, it doesn't become a big Nip deal. Nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud, guys. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home 
by visiting prettylitter.com. Use promo code BEST for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code BEST for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code BEST. I also just want to say, sometimes people get nervous, like, I don't know, we use the same litter forever and I don't want to switch it. We switched, no, no issue, and I'm obsessed. This is the only litter for us. I love it. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code BEST for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code BEST for 20% off. Prettylitter.com, promo code BEST. Guys, function of beauty. You know I love it. You know Birdie loves it. You know Cricket loves it. Now Casey and Shantira love it. Oh, yeah. You guys, what's the function of beauty update? Shantira, how's it going? I mean, I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, all right. All right. We'll come back to that. We'll just But I am excited then. for it. I, it's on the way. It's supposed to be coming to my new house. But I made it. I specially made it. Um, and I'm really excited because I want it. Did you get it. yours yet, Case? Yeah, I got mine a while ago. And I'm I it just like I have the full range of products because you know what I love I love mm-hmm. getting like a whole set of something yeah like, mm-hmm. I just want to have like every you know every product in the line and so I have a full set that I'm just going through and trying everything and experimenting with and like you guys know you know me in real life my hair is very abused like it's bleached. <laughs> it's bleached often and not by a professional by me at home and so I really need to treat it with TLC on a daily basis because it feels like um, plastic doll hair. You need and some restorative <laughs> treatments. Yeah. So I've been using the hair mask and the leave-in conditioner, all those things. And, you know, I just look like I have real human hair now, which yeah. is nice. Listen, this is the thing, though, because it's not one size fits all. And the shampoo and conditioner that you get is going to be different than the shampoo and conditioner that Casey gets because you take a quiz. Guys, we love the quizzes. The quizzes make an algorithm. They determine what it is that we need and we trust them because robots are smarter than humans. <laughs> well, also <laughs> and- it, pre- it pre- scratches that itch in me that Miss is like taking a love quiz in Seventeen magazine. Oh yeah. I mean, it's Just why like- BuzzFeed is like became <laughs> a thing, right? Yeah. Like I- quizzes. People I mean, love quizzes. I honestly will be like, I wonder like what rugrats I am, and then like there's a <laughs> quiz for that. So I love I love this option to get there's- something tailored for me, tailor made for me. me <laughs> that are actually helpful. Yes. yes. I want to know everything. What princess am I? What does my hair need? What kind of <laughs> vitamins am I taking? Like, I want to know it all. And if it's a quiz, let's take it. And Function of Beauty's got that quiz. So you tell them what your hair is like. They determine the right blend of ingredients. They bottle your custom to order formula and they deliver it personalized right to your door. Cute little bottle, your favorite color and fragrance. I know they're really cute. I just, um, Birdie's just came again and I put it up in her little new bathroom and it looks real cute. If you have a weird name, they personalize your bottle with your name on it. That also pushes a childhood button. That's very important for me. Yeah. I never had a fucking license plate that said busy. Right. Listen, never Shant- once. Yeah. Shantira never got anything. Yeah. No, <laughs> the three of us never had personalized on vacation, personalized things. That's yeah. sad for us. Yeah. yeah. But, but now, now we're living our best lives. Yeah. We are adorable <laughs> bottles of shampoo with, and conditioner with our names on them. 
So guys, what are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash best to take your four-part hair profile quiz and save 20% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash best for 20% off and to let them know that please let them know that you heard about it from our show. So use that little code because you want that you want to get it off, but you also want them to know that their advertising is working yes. on our show. So that we get we to go forever. Function of beauty. <laughs> it's functionofbeauty.com slash best. Oh my God. I love Danny so much. He's so and funny so, and so he's kind. So funny. He's so, so kind. The nicest. He really did not need to just spend a morning doing that. Like when he's just chilling with his family, but um, he did because he likes me and we're friends. And I know I was giving him a hard time about <laughs> that he didn't work with women, <laughs> but he totally does. And he like works with the same women over and over again too. Like Edie, our friend Edie, who's on so uh, funny, righteous, righteous gemstones, and writes with him. And uh, and he and I had a show together. We sold a show to HBO after Vice Principals. Now, did it? It did not get made. That was not our fault <laughs> that the show <laughs> didn't get made. Um, but I love working with him and I love working with, you know, his whole team. Um, but I do like also feel like there's a lot of validity and a lot of fun to be had when it's just all ladies. I love yeah. it. And yeah, like I for sure on busy tonight, we had as many women representing Holding like, down the fort. Oh yeah, eighty nine percent women. There was so it was like eighty nine percent women, and it was like constantly like Shintira. I feel like you said this once before, but it was like just like a very positive. Environment. It was so like, awesome because like you would get a new shirt because th- when you work with people, you always know their clothes. Like you would get a new shirt, and then the whole office of women would be like, "New shirt, girl!" And you'd be like, "Oh my god, <laughs> thank you! It is a new shirt. Thank you so much!" I, and like we always used to be like, "We're happy that like HR isn't here because it's just." You walk by a room and like three women would be like, you look so cute. You'd be like, thank you so much. I know. <laughs> we like, did a lot of chanting. Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasmine. <laughs> Just like a true blessing. <laughs> um, and I, that was like all by design because mm-hmm. I had spent so many years in this industry and A, had never had a female showrunner in all the television that I had been a part of, which mm-hmm. was a bummer. Like I always had wanted to work for a woman, with a woman, whatever. And that was just like very important to me. And then, you know, crew-wise, our director was a woman. We had like women in the sound department. Camera operator. Yeah. Camera operator. It was really cool. Props. And like, I just, it's just nice to look around and not feel like, okay, so for instance, you know, I do like, I do a lot of brand work mm-hmm. and work with brands, guys. I work with brands and I do <laughs> commercials sometimes. And sometimes I do like paid posts for Instagram or whatever. And sometimes they're like a weird hybrid of the two or it's like, we're going to shoot a commercial, but it's only going to live online or whatever. And I'm like, great. Okay. So I sometimes I'm able to say uh, I would like to have preference of a director, you know, like have a, like, can we hire all women? I try to do that. Like, if I can get that in my contract, my agent knows it's a priority and we try to do that. Um, and 
like a year and I was on busy tonight when this happened and I did one of these things and they were really jerky about it. Like, no, that it's absolutely not. She cannot have any like, like approval over the director or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. But it's a job. It's a lot of money. I'm going to take it. I show up on set. And when I tell you it is wall to wall sausage fest, (laughs) (laughs) there was legit not a lady to be found. And aside from Kendra and Kiki, and I think it was Grace doing my wardrobe. So Kendra and Kiki who do my hair and makeup. And I was like, oh my God. It was like so shocking to me that after coming from busy tonight and like, I was just like, whoa, what the... We're and still doing this? <laughs> it, yeah, really shut you like, d- it really I shut you down. It shut me down. And I was like, uh, this is wild. And the DP was like, what? And I was like, oh, it's just literally not, you don't have one woman on your crew, dude. And he was like, well, oh, I, is there not a, I didn't notice. And I was like, well, what? yeah, I guess you wouldn't. Would you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I just like left that with such a bad feeling and it was just not great and I also just didn't like like the whole day wasn't fun like it just was there was I didn't like it anyway cut to as offered a brand thing for Warner's bras who we've talked about before Mm -hmm. on this show and I truly like have bought Warner's and like the Olga by Warner's bras for years because like I don't know. They would sell them at a big store that I would shop at when I was. Yeah. When you were a kid. Yeah. When you go to the mall. And I still shop at. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I just like want very specific things from bras. Like I'm not, I don't like, I was never into the things where they like needed to be like really bright colors. I just like want them to look cute under dresses and Mm -hmm. like make my boobs look cute under dresses. (laughs) Um, and so anyway, so Warner's asked me if I wanted to work with them and I was like, you know what? Yes, because I like the whole thing about their brand and that they've like, you know, been doing this forever, like hundred, over 140 years. This company has been making bras, wow. right? It's like women run. I remember looking yeah, it it's, up. It's that uh, Warner's is led, designed and run by women. Right. There you go. So yeah, and I knew I looked them up because now I research brand. I mean, I always researched the brands that I was going to work with and they are designed by women, run by women. And I just was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. And I truthfully, my agent asked and was like, you know, Busy would like to have, um, if, if it's possible, like she would love to see the list of directors. We just had some things in the past where she's not yeah. been thrilled. And uh, they were like, oh, well, she can just be sure it's going to be a woman. And I was like, well, OK, well, if it's going to be a woman, then fine. Like I it'll be it'll be great because, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And Especially got, a thing where you're going to be like be in going your underwear in your yeah. underwear. Yeah. yeah. And I just was like, I it, you know, and the other thing is, too, like when we talk about industry standards and like uh, making sure that things are more equitable in the entertainment industry, like that needs to be behind the scenes as well as in front of the camera, right? Like we need to have as much representation as possible. And, and it, 
the way that people get jobs and continue to get jobs is by experience. And so sometimes it's really seems like people are like, how can you say you only want to work with a woman director? And I'm like, because I know that for every woman director that gets hired, another woman director is going to get a shot, Yeah, you know? And so yeah. the, and that she likely will hire, you know, women camera operators or she'll have assistant a director or an assistant director or a woman shadowing her yeah. that she's mentoring like Leslie Linka Glatter, who is one of my favorite television directors that I've worked with since freaks and geeks. And she always has a young woman like who she's mentoring from film school, who wants to get into television directing, who shadows her for every episode of television that she does. I mean, that is just like, an immediate pay it forward, right? Yeah. To give someone experience. So then Warner's was like, um, I was coming to New York. I was doing a bunch of work for other stuff. I was seeing friends. I had like a bunch of stuff. And then I get this memo and they're like, just so she knows it's going to be like an entirely all female crew. As yes. Well. That must've felt and amazing. Also well, that you didn't have to beg for it. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't have it to, wasn't I didn't even have to ask. Yeah, you didn't have to ask for that, like to show up and be like, oh yes, you fucking get it. <laughs> well, I that's mean, a, that's such a nice thing because you say that you always like to represent brands that you believe in or whatever. And so to have a brand like put their money where their mouth is without even having to be asked about like what their mission is, that's that must be a really good feeling. And like you, you like you picked right. Yeah. And the, I mean, I, yes. And the director, Carla Braun was the best and she's so sweet and we're friends on Instagram. Now we DM each other <laughs> and, uh, you know, and we just had like a really, really nice day. And interestingly enough, it was my last day on set before the pandemic, the shutdown. Wow. And I that's do a have nice, to say, that's a nice way to go out. You left it on a good <laughs> note. Yeah. I swear I was going to say we, I had a really nice time and I left feeling very empowered and like, yes, women run the world, like proud to be a part of this Warner's campaign. I like loved how I looked in the bras and the no side effect bra. And I thought I was all real cute. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and then, you know, the world shut down and people were like, <laughs> Do we ever wear bras again? And I was like, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Especially comfortable bras. Um, yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. I love them. And now they're advertising on our show, which is so nice. Which is very cool. Yeah. I'm glad you had that cool experience because that meant a lot to me at Busy Tonight. I remember one day Tina Faye's girls and your girls were on the set and I heard them talking and they were saying like everyone that works here is a girl <laughs> and that was the day that I was kind of like you know like that's legit you know what I mean yeah it, it was a thing that we did intentionally and you know and we had guys that worked there and they're really amazing guys but to have like little girls notice that everyone running about like doing their business was all girls was like the yeah. day that I got it that like it made an impression on them. I know. I know. It really did. And like, I think my daughters think of me as a boss, you yeah. know, even though I've been many things in my life, <laughs> but they like, they do think of me because of that experience and being on set with me as like a boss. Um, one last thing about Warner's and Olga by Warner's, I just want to say is that they also are a part of the time to vote initiative, which is nonpartisan coalition of companies 
um, that are committed to making sure that everyone has the opportunity to vote. And so all, everyone that works for their company, every one of their associates uh, having the opportunity to vote is a part of the company's purpose. And so on election day, on November 3rd, all everyone that works for Warner's and Olga by Warner's um, is getting provided with the tools and the time to cast their ballots. And they have implemented new policies to make it easier for that's all really of wonderful our U.S. Yeah. associates, and that's, I feel like that's very cool. And I don't know if you work in retail or at a company, and maybe you can say, "Hey, are you guys a part of the hashtag Time to Vote initiative? <laughs> Who do I talk to?" Yes, so you can get your <laughs> that's voting. like leading by example. We need all all companies to to be stepping up and and letting people have the time that they need, especially now when it actually takes some time to vote. Yeah, thanks totally. to thanks to so many so many broken systems that are in place. We need every company to understand, like you know, we got to let people vote. Well, listen, guys, you know my favorite tagline. Did I come up with this one or did they? They <laughs> came up with it. Say goodbye to your problems. <laughs> And hello to Warners and Olga by Warners. <laughs> anyway, if you guys want, you can visit uh, warners.com so you can find real comfort today. Real comfort for your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> you came up with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Shantira, I'm just curious when after the boob surge, maybe a Warners is in your future. I mean, I have them right now. They're big. I might go down a couple cups. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You, we got to throw for. you that shower and get you some fresh Warners. Yeah, give me some fresh ones. I'm trying to go to that that B cup, baby. We're going to try to go down. <laughs> so I'll keep y'all posted. Shout out to Warners. I'm basically a B, Support a girl. <laughs> Support the girls. <laughs> Speaking of which, my shoulder really hurts. I did oh, a no. weird thing. I know I slept weird on it. I don't know what's happening. I was tired. This bed is gray. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in there is gray. <laughs> it's going to get some color. We're getting some life into it. Um, I feel, here's what I feel. I feel hopeful this week, guys. I hope nothing terrible has happened in the two days. It's <laughs> <laughs> just you at home. We tape please to tape this on Sunday because I'm filming the pilot this week. So we were worried that we wouldn't have time to do it on Tuesday in our usual day but, before right. Wednesday show. So like so, literally anything could have happened. So if you're listening to this and something horrible has happened and you're like, these callous bitches are not even talking we're about We're not. We're not callous. We're we not callous. Don't know yet. We, yeah, don't, we don't know, know the don't. future. And because like, we live in a world where every day damn is something. So like <laughs> Something's happening. Like we'll seven big things happen every day. <laughs> yeah. So like up to up till Sunday, we got to cover it. And that's pretty cool, I think. <laughs> I can't wait till yeah, things I can't I wait till things are boring. We again. sort of have like dropped off of even talking about like who is doing their best in the world. We were gonna talk about Ben Affleck is so skinny. What happened? In that video with Matt Damon. With Matt Damon, and they admitted and people, to like, having Finstas out. and yeah, it was. I, I mean, but he seemed happy. He did seem happy. Good for him. I felt like there was a. I felt like there was a lot to unpack there. He also looked like he had just shaved. Yes, like he was like shiny. Like you know how like sometimes yeah. a guy shaves For and little, he gets shiny. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know I'm what that was about. I'm fascinated by him, I have to say. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm yeah. from Massachusetts, so he's like, he's like, he's not a Kennedy, but he's like the step below a Kennedy to us. I don't think about him very much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Shantira, same. Like, I don't either. But like yesterday, but like when he ever is in the news, I'm always like, so weird, like such an interesting, what yeah. is going so on there? Yeah. Like, like the big, like remember the big back tattoo. Remember yes. when he was like, I'll and be he honest. Tried to say it was when it comes to him, I do think about that dragon tattoo. There's two things I think about with him. That big, what is it a dragon or a Phoenix? It's a I, Phoenix. Oh, like, Something I big think, and colorful. I think about a big one, and then I think about him uh, being on a, a balcony and smoking cigarettes, and like, oh, when he like is, you could t- you can see him like the weight of the world, out the wor- weight of the world, yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, same. So those are the. Two I, I think <laughs> of the fact that he dated J Lo, and also I think about how his um, teeth look like little boy teeth. <laughs> <gasps> I've never noticed that, but now I'm fascinated. When he I smiles, how... he looks like a grade school photo. Well, and that's I what we about... will leave you with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baby teeth, but maybe that maybe the baby teeth are because of the Dunkin' Donuts iced oh. coffees. All those iced coffees just rotten those teeth. He stunted his tooth growth. He stunted the tooth growth <laughs> with all the Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Oh, guys, today's show brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Stunting Bostonians' teeth growth. <laughs> My teeth are giant, and I have clearly been drinking giant Dunkin' Donuts coffee since I was All three of us have giant teeth. Oh, yeah. yeah, These are good. My teeth are the best. Shout out to (laughs) my orthodontist. Shout out to your teeth. I'm not going to lie, man. I wore braces for three and a half years. These teeth are great. Never can't stop, won't stop. These are good teeth. <laughs> great eyebrows, great teeth. Thank you so great much. Great everything in between. Shantira. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Shantira needs to go eat some waffles. I gotta go eat I some waffles. Eaten anything? I guys, we love you. We're sending you our best. Uh, if you would like to, please email us at bp doing her best at gmail.com. That's right? not the address. No, but <laughs> shit. What is it? it's busy doing her best. <laughs> all right. All right. At all gmail.com. Right. Okay. Busy doing her best at gmail.com. Email us, hit us up. Let us know what's on your mind and our how we ins- can be of service. Yeah. Our Instagram is at BP is doing her best. We love when you follow us there and chat with us there. So fun. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of things in the works. I know we keep telling you guys, oh, we're working on that. We're working on that. We really are. We really we, are. We it's are. just hard to do stuff. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, you know it's hard to do stuff. So like, yeah. be chill so about merch, it. <laughs> merch is coming. Magic and show. I'm, we got to talk about the magic show. Happening. We have yeah. to do the magic show. Yes. So all these things, we swear we're working on it. It's just we, this is like our time to talk. It's the podcast. So maybe. What about, <laughs> hey, wait, wait. I have an idea. What? Let me talk to Dan. You guys know how like when you would go home for Thanksgiving and the night before Thanksgiving, that Wednesday night, you're like, "Uh oh, I'm stuck at my parents' house." And normally, you would go to like the bar that the you local used to bar, go yeah. To, yeah, the yeah. local bar, and, and make you, out like, with someone from your someone high school. From high school, yeah, yeah. Um, or like just like glare at someone from your high school. Same, like, same. yeah, yeah. And okay. then maybe glare at someone and then make out with that same person. <laughs> Shantira, <laughs> I feel like that was a personal one. Okay, anyway, uh, why don't we do it Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? Yeah, we'll see if Harrison's available. 
I'm going to email him right now, Harry. Yes. Okay. All he right. Did, he didn't. Did he email me saying thank you for mentioning? I don't think he even knows. You guys, he pro- just he doing probably, magic somewhere He's doing else. magic. He's yeah. not like a, you know, he's he's got to do he's magic He's not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, definitely I just think he's like very busy doing magic and probably not listening to our podcast. He probably okay, listens to enough. magic podcasts. If any podcasts, we don't <laughs> who know. knows? Right. Okay, we'll, ask him. <laughs> we'll ask him when you email him. So we're working on all that stuff, and okay. um, we love that you guys are waiting for it. Thank you for thank you, thank guys you for so wanting much. it. We love it. We love you. We love it. We love you. Have a great year. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh no.